Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the Associate Pastor at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and I want to welcome you today to our podcast. I believe that this message is going to strengthen you and encourage your life. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Holy Spirit and listen to what He has for you today. Enjoy our podcast. We've been talking about the dreamers, and we're going to close that out today. And I'm super excited. i got a lot to talk about. But I think 90 minutes of your week is worth it to invest in your dream. Amen? Praise God. 90 minutes of your week to invest in your dream. Well worth it. Well worth it. Thank you for those who are joining us online also. I got the notification that we are live. We've been live for about 25 minutes or so. And um, so thank you guys for joining us online. Follow along. If you didn't see next uh, last week, you haven't seen next week yet. Only God's seen that. Um, but if you have not seen, uh, if you weren't here last week and we had some complications and didn't get it up online, um, I'm going to catch you up, all right? So never fear. Um, but we're talking about the dreamers. We had a quote last week by Terry Scott, and we had mentioned him before today. Well, Terry um, said this quote. He said, everything you see began from a vision, with a vision from God. A dream that he placed into the hearts of people who believed, spoke, trusted, and worked really hard to see it come to pass. What's that vision and dream that God has placed in your heart? What's that vision and dream? that God has placed in your heart. Everything that we see began with a dream, began with a vision. This, you sit right here because of a dream and a vision from God. At Word of Life Church, because of a dream and a vision from God. And Pastor Daniel has spoken about that on several occasions on how God called him to come back to Carlsbad. He was living in Tulsa. Called him to come back to Carlsbad and to begin, to, to begin a church, to start a church. I'm glad that he was obedient to the voice of God. I'm glad that he stepped out. The thing is that anytime you go out to accomplish a dream, it's not easy. It's difficult. Anytime you go out, it's a challenge. But sometimes it's not as challenging as we might think it is. Sometimes it's not as impossible as we, think it, as we might think it is. If you were to tell me that I would be standing today doing what I'm doing, I would say you were crazy. I would say you were nuts. I had the opportunity last week to have dinner with one of the, the gubernatorial candidates in New Mexico. About a month ago or two months ago, I was, I was in the office in, in Washington, D.C., sitting on a couch across from one of the other gubernatorial candidates in New Mexico. If you were to tell me that I would do that, I would say that you were nuts. But God put a dream that I began in steps. And I began taking those steps and just said, God, yes, I'll do it. God, I don't know how this one's going to work out, but I'll do it. I don't know how to do this one. And I firmly believe that every step of the way, when the scripture tells us that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, I believe that it's true that every single step that we take, God has ordained and God has planned for us. And it's bigger than us. We don't know how we're going to accomplish it. But we do because we take those steps. 
See, a lot of us, we get stuck on plan one, on step one. So many times we get stuck because life throws us a curveball because we didn't expect it to be that way. I talked a little bit last week about, actually I talked a lot last week about kind of my story and how we got to this place. The thing is that there were a lot of mistakes made. And there will be a lot more moving forward. I guarantee you that. But I guarantee you this as well, that I'm not going to stop. If we just keep going, if we just keep moving forward, if we say, all right, God, I didn't expect this one. What do we do now? God, do you still have a plan? Or did I screw it up? Did I mess it up this time? Am I too far gone? Or God, do you still have a plan? God, what do I need to do? And he puts us back where he needs us to be. See, God's plan was not for Adam and Eve to sin in the garden. But it happened. And so then God had a plan for redemption. God's plan for you. Has anybody, let me ask you this. Anybody, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you specifics. Has anybody ever done something in your life that caused you pain or heartache? Just raise your hand if you have. Every single person, right? Every person in this room, we've all done something that caused pain or heartache. It's caused challenges. It's called, caused difficulties in our life. We've all done things that we may say, I can't come back from this. But David prophesied in the book of Psalms, and he said, even if I make my bed in the pit of hell, God, you're there. Even if I make my own bed in the pit of hell, God, you're always there. And your hand is guiding me, and you're leading me out of that place. See, if we don't give up, if we don't get stuck. We talked last week about a man named Bartimaeus in the Scripture. We see this in Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to go through it quick, but you can go and look at it if you would like. Mark chapter 10, Bartimaeus, he lived in a town called Jericho. Uh, Jericho, once upon a time, was a place that was a stronghold and a fortress that the people of God were trying to overcome. And when they went into Jericho, they saw these huge walls, and they were like, oh my gosh, if you remember the report that the spies gave when they came back and they reported to Joshua about the city of Jericho, they said, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. We can't overcome them. Our dream stops here. We've all had a place where we say our dream stops here. They said we can't overcome this, and then God made a way, and they marched around the wall one time for six days. Each day for six days. On the seventh day, they marched seven times. And on the last time, they shouted for God had given them the victory, and the walls began to crumble and begin to fall. Well, this very same place, Jericho, was where Bartimaeus lived. Now, Bartimaeus, he was son of Timaeus, and he was blind. He was known as the blind guy. This was the blind dude. This is the guy who, the, who every day we walk out and we say, hey, what's up, blind Bartimaeus? That's how he was known to everybody, as the guy who was blind. Sometimes we have a label that's on us, right? You have a label. Maybe it's from your family. Maybe you have a label. It's from something that you've done in your past. You have a label that you carry with you, and that's what everybody knows you as. This is Bartimaeus. So Bartimaeus, he begged every single day. He had a cup. He had a coat that he put on, and this coat was given to him by the government. 
to say, you are a certified beggar. Bartimaeus, you're a beggar. This is your lot in life. I give you this coat, and you're certified. That's all you'll ever be is a beggar. So he stands outside, and he has his cup, and he's begging for coins. Well, Jesus came, and Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was here. Remember, this guy's a beggar, but every single day he would say, do you have any change? Everybody that would walk by, can I have some coins? Can I have something just to sustain me for the day? Well, when he heard that Jesus was here, he cried out to Jesus, and he said, have mercy on me. And people were like, dude, why don't you calm down a little bit? Why don't you hush up a little bit? You're making too much noise. And it's interesting because in our lives, have you ever noticed that you can say the dumbest stuff out there? You can make the most racket and nobody really cares until you start crying out for Jesus and people are like, whoa, why don't you stop shoving your religion on me? Why don't you chill out a little bit? I don't want to hear about all that Jesus stuff. They were fine as long as you were trying to drown your sorrows in the bottom of a bottle. But when you're trying to get free in Jesus, they're like, I don't know about that. Bartimaeus starts crying out for Jesus, have mercy on me. And so he stood up and he took off the coat because he said, I'm not a certified beggar anymore because Jesus is here. It's very important to notice that Bartimaeus took off his coat before Jesus healed him because he knew that he wasn't walking away there a beggar anymore. He said, I don't need this coat anymore, and he dropped it. He walks up to Jesus, and he, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to receive my sight. When we're chasing our dream so many times we get so caught up in the coat, we get so caught up in, the, in, in, in the, the cup. That's the word I was looking for, the cup. He gets so caught up in the cup that we forget to focus on our dream. We forget to focus on Jesus. But he said, I want to receive my sight. I want to see my dream again. I want to live beyond today, and I'm going to go further. And so he said, I want to receive my sight so if you want to follow your dream, you got to throw off the label. you got to get rid of it. If you want to follow your dream, you got to throw down the cup and say, I don't need this cup anymore. I don't need whatever affirmation you may give me. I don't need it. Because it's just a drop in the cup. That ramen that it's going to buy me is going to be gone in like 30 minutes. I don't need it. Because I'm focused on Jesus. Any time, do we still have that quote from last week? Any time, maybe we don't have it, it's okay. Any time that you take Jesus out of his rightful place as the head of your life, you lose your sight. You lose sight of your vision. Any time you take Jesus out of his rightful place as the head of your life, sometimes we take other things and we put them as the head of our life. We take relationships, we put them at the head of our life. I've seen so many people over the years that they're going good for God, and then God brings someone along that maybe it's a good thing, but then they start focusing on that, and they stop focusing on Jesus. Sometimes they bring them a new opportunity. God brings them a new opportunity and a job, and then they start focusing on that and stop focusing on Jesus. I'm not saying that it's not acceptable to miss a Sunday because you're working or something like that, but I can tell you this, that you need to make a point. If you don't make a point to make Jesus first place, then you're going to go blind. Then you're going to lose your sight. That's why we do things to make it available to you to be a part. I always think about 
I, I think about Ken Walker as, as a wonderful example, and his lovely wife Kay is back there helping us with media today. But I think about Ken as a wonderful example. It's, Ken works, and it's hard for him to make a service. And I know that he wouldn't mind me talking about this. It's hard for him to make a service. But Ken, if I don't get it uploaded online, Ken's calling me. He's like, man, I need it. Where's it at? I need it. I got to watch because I don't want to lose my sight because I don't want to go blind because Jesus is first place. Because Jesus is number one. I've seen Albert come in here after a graveyard shift, stand up in the back so he doesn't fall asleep, but he's getting his Jesus on. You do what you got to do. I remember in the early days of Word of Life, my dad working a graveyard and coming and preaching with no sleep. You don't lose sight. If you lose sight, you're going to go blind. If you lose sight of Jesus, you're going to go blind. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So, it's important to notice that there's obedience in the steps. There's, a, uh, there, there's obedience in the steps. See, following after your vision, there's obedience in the steps that you take. And every step that we take, it gets a little bit easier to trust God. See, God didn't ask me to just jump off the cliff immediately. God doesn't ask you to just jump off the cliff immediately, but it's a process that he's teaching you to trust him. He's teaching you that his ways are higher than your ways. It's a process. And sometimes we talk about the fact that, well, God's going to ask you to do something that's impossible. Agreed. He's going to ask you to do something that's bigger than you. And Ephesians tells us that, it's, that he does this so that he can show the exceeding greatness of his love towards us. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. The exceeding greatness of his love. But there's importance in obeying the steps, so there's obedience in the steps. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17, and I, we're going to tell you two stories today about vessels. Now, we think about vessels. It's like a, a, a pot or, or some kind of big container, a vessel, a container to be filled up, a container does no good unless it's filled up. But every one of us here today were vessels. So 1 Kings chapter 17, this is talking about the prophet Elijah, and this may get confusing because our first story is Elijah and our second story is Elisha, all right? And they followed each other, but we're talking about Elijah right here. And if I say the wrong one, just smile and nod. It's all right. 1 Kings 17, verse 8, it says, The word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath. And I think that's how you say that. And if, if it's not, again, just smile. It's cool. You don't really know either. I don't know. You don't know. Maybe you heard different. It's fine. Zarephath is how we're going to say it today. Maybe you're a, a, a Hebrew scholar, and you, you're like, No, brother, it says it different. It's all right. This is Z, this Z city that's right here. Here's what it means. It means the place 
of purging. I want you to arise and go to Zarephath, which is a place of purging. Sometimes when we follow our dream, we got to get rid of some stuff, right? You have any junk in your life? We got to get rid of some stuff. And so he tells Elijah, arise and go because I want you to purge and get rid of some stuff. He says, I want you to dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. And so he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a a widow was gathering sticks there. And he called out to her and he said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called out to her again and he said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. I want you to notice there he asked her two things. First, he said, go and I want you to give me some water. Will you please give me some water? What was she doing? She immediately went to get him some water. She was obedient to what the word of the Lord had said. The the, the prophet speaking. She was obedient to that. It was something that she could do. So we said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and get me some water. And she's like, all right, I can handle that. And she goes and gets him some water. And then he says to her, bring me a, a, a little piece of bread while you're at it. Why don't you bring me some bread? And she's like, okay, that's, that's, where, we, that's where we have a little issue here. Because the water I can handle, but the bread... She said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have bread, but only a handful of flour in a bin and a little bit of oil in a jar. You see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat it and we may die. And Elijah said to her, don't fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a small cake for me first. You ever try to argue with God about anything? Have you ever tried to argue with God and you're like, God says you do, do something and you're like, God, I can't really do that. He's like, yeah, that's, that's great. I understand that, but I want you to do it. Why don't you go talk to this person? I want you to share love with them. Well, God, I can't really do that because don't you know that we have a history? Well, that's great and all, but I want, I want you to go and talk to them anyway. Why don't you go and and buy lunch for this person? Why don't you go and do this? Well, God, that would be great, but I can't really. I want you to go on this trip. I want you to share my love with this person. I want you to go out. God, that's great and all, and I would do it in a heartbeat except for. And God's like, well, I can really appreciate that. I understand. I mean, I was there. I saw those situations. I saw that circumstance. I saw it even before it happened, and now I saw it, and now I'm trying to get you past it, so why don't you go do it anyway? Now I'm trying to carry you past it. Now I'm trying to take you to a place of abundance where that doesn't hold you back anymore. So that's okay that you don't have enough, so why don't you go and do that and go ahead and make the cake for you and your son, but make me a small one first. No, I don't think you understood. I said, I have just a little bit that we're going to eat it. It's going to be our last meal, and then we're going to die. We have nothing left. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Nothing left. Okay, awesome. Well, you make yours, but make me one first. What did she do? 
Well, there's obedience in the steps. There's obedience in the steps. And so she went out, and it says, Elijah said, if you do this, the bin of flour will not be used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah and her and her household ate for many days and the barrel of flour was not used up and the oil did not run dry according to the word that the Lord has spoken. See, there was obedience there. There was obedience. The first thing, she was like, right away, I can do that. Yeah. I got that right here. Water? There's water all day. I can go out. I, I'll get you water. That's no problem. Here, here's some water. Okay, well, why don't you make me a cake, too? Now, that one I kind of have a problem with, God, because I don't really have enough. He says, if you do it, I'll bless you. If you step out, I'll bless you. If you just be a vessel... If you just be a vessel, you just take that, maybe you just got a little bit in the vessel. God, I can't really be used by you because I'm a mess right now. Can we relate to that? God, I need to get myself right because I'm kind of messed up. I don't think I can do this. And he says, no, no, there's healing in the obedience. I want you to go out and I want you to share. And you share and you begin to fill up. I want you to share. I don't want you to stop your dream because you don't think it's enough. The first step was low risk. But notice the next one, if we really think about it, what was she going to do? And this may sound harsh, and I don't mean it harsh. What was she going to do? She was going to eat one more time and then die. How long was that cake going to sustain her and her son? How long was it really going to sustain her? It wasn't enough anyway. And so God came to her need, and he said, look, if you'll do this, if you'll step out in faith, then I'm going to bless you with abundance. And she did, and she stepped out in faith. It was low risk relatively, but huge reward. See, ultimately, the dreams that God has placed in your life and in my life they're ultimately about souls. Every single dream that God has placed in your life is about souls. You're like, well, how can it be about souls? I want to have my own business. How can, I'm not, I'm not going to be an evangelist. I'm not going to go out and, and preach everywhere. God wants you to be prosperous so that you can do things. Like, I, I would love, personally, I would love to be able to call John and Tracy Batchelor and say, count on me for $600 a month. I would love that. Maybe you're in a different position than I am. I can't do that, but I could do something. But I would love to do that. So I believe that because God has placed that as a dream in my heart, I have a dream for missions that's way beyond me. I mean, it, that's out there. But I'm going to start some. I can make a small cake right now. I, it may stretch me a little bit, but I can make a small cake. And so I'm going to do what I can. See, ultimately, it's about souls. Ultimately, it's about reaching people. Whatever God has placed as a dream in your life, it circles back around to showing his love to people. Charles Spurgeon said this, quote, number one, he said, if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth 
of our exertions. Go back. I'm not done. And let not one go unwarned and un... I think it's prayed for. It's not sprayed for. Sorry. I'm going to read it from here. It says... Yeah, and we started in the middle, didn't we? Okay. So here's where it begins. It says, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. And if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. Isn't that good? I'm going to read it again. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. And if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. See, that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate uh, um interest of our Father God is that every single person come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And so the dreams and the visions that he's placed in your life, maybe they're unconventional. Maybe they're different. Maybe they don't seem to make sense or they don't fit the mold. That's okay because God breaks the mold. We're the ones that created the mold. God doesn't care about the mold. He cares about people. And I can tell you this, that today there are people groups, there are, there are people that, that are interested in certain things, there are people that are out there that we are not reaching because of our mold. But God has put a dream in you to reach those people. God has put a dream in you that's different. God has put a dream in you that's unconventional. When Oral Roberts, you guys, some of you have heard or most of you have heard of Oral Roberts University when, when God told Oral Roberts to raise up a university, a Christian university, to go into every man's world. When God spoke to him to do that, people thought he was nuts. What are you doing? And now people from all over the world are being touched and changed because he was obedient. It was bigger than him. He didn't have the money to start a university. He made mistakes along the way. The university almost went bankrupt. Did you know that? Almost went bankrupt. They had to bring in other people to save it from financial trouble. It was deeply, deeply in debt. But God just continues to provide a way. God may have something for you to do that's just way off the radar that no one's ever thought of before, but his creative power is in you. And his ultimate goal is to reach people for him. We've been anointed by him to reach people. And traditionally, we've put restrictions on how these things can be accomplished. I believe this. Everything is fair game when it comes to fighting darkness. Amen? Everything is fair game when it comes to fighting darkness. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're almost done. Kind of. 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, There was a widow woman 
who was a member of a group of prophets. This was a church-going person, all right? The first one, we don't know anything about her background. This one, we know. She was a church-going person. Her and her husband, they were in the ministry. They were full of faith, right? It says there's a widow. She was a member of a group of prophets, and she went to Elisha, and she said, Sir, my husband has died, and as you know, he was a God-fearing man. But now a man that he owed money to has come to take away my two sons as slaves in payment for my husband's debt. See, there was tragedy that happened in her life. God had placed a dream on her heart. She was in the ministry, and there it doesn't say that her, her husband, she was formerly a member of this group. No, it says that she was a member of this prophet group. She had a dream and a vision, but there was something that arose, a tragedy that arose. Her husband died, and now she owed a lot of money, and she was stuck with this debt, and they were going to take her family. She didn't know what to do. You ever have a time that everything seems to be floating along really good, and then all of a sudden tragedy happens? Tragedy happened, and she didn't know what to do. I can relate. You can relate. And so she went to the prophet of God, and she says, I need help. So Elisha said, what do you want me to do for you? Tell me what you have at home. He says, well, what do you want me to do? Tell me what you already have. Tell me what you can give to this. And she looked at him, and she said, I don't have anything. I don't have anything but a little jar of oil. That's all I have. I've got nothing but a jar of oil. How many times in our life do we diminish what we have because we think it's not good enough? We think it's not enough. You diminish what you have. What do you have to offer? Well, I don't have anything. Well, I don't have anything. You've got a smile that lights up a room. What do you have? I don't have anything. I don't have anything at all. No, God has given you something. God's given you a dream deep down inside of you. What do you have to offer? Everything. Everything that's needed. You've got everything that's needed. So he asked her, he said, what do you have? She said, I have nothing but. He said, I'll take that. I'll take your nothing but. God will take what's left over, what you've diminished. He says, I'll take it. The woman, she said, I have nothing to offer but a small jar of oil. And then verse 3, Elisha answered, he said, well, go to your neighbors and borrow as many vessels as you can. Borrow as many vessels as you can. Remember when we started, I said, you're a vessel, right? Well, he says, what I want you to do, I want you to go out and I want you to borrow vessels, as many vessels as you can find. See, because sometimes to dig ourselves out or sometimes to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish that's so much bigger than us, we got to go out and we got to say, I don't have all the answers. I need to pull from you a little bit, and I need to pull from you a little bit. Do you have something that you can offer me because I need a little help? Because we're not meant to live this life alone. And sometimes we just can't see it. Sometimes we're so beaten down. Sometimes we're so feeble that the heaviness is just weighing on us. And you got to go out and find a vessel. So he says, I want you to go learn some things. I want you to go out to all of your neighbors 
and I want you to get their vessels. And load up because you need it. See, guys, the people that are your neighbors in this case, they're the people that are sitting around you. The people that are your neighbors in this case, they're the people that God has called alongside you to help you with life. It's hard talking about problems. And I know, and I'm not naive, I know that in the church, we've taken signs of weakness as opportunity to make ourselves look better. And that's not the church. That's not the church that Jesus Christ has ordained. Those are wolves. Those are wolves that come in and they try to prey upon the sheep. But I can tell you this, that this is not a place where wolves are welcome. This is a place where I'll fight for you. I've told many of you that I'm not scared of a fight. And I don't lose. And so we can do it. Let's go. If we have to roll up our sleeves, that's fine. But we're going to do it in a way where we love. I want you to also understand that lost people act like lost people and hurt people act like hurt people and broken people act like broken people. And you were broken and are broken and you were hurt and are hurt and you were struggling and are struggling and God wants to heal you just like he wants to heal them. And so when we come and we say, man, I've got a challenge and I've got a problem, let's fight together and let's stand united and let's go and let's take out some darkness and let's be agents of healing along the way. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So she goes and she gets vessels and he says, and then... I want you to go into your house, I want you to close the door, and I want you to start pouring all of the oil into the jars and set one aside as soon as it's full. This is extremely important because this woman, he said, I want you to go and I want you to learn, I want you to gather vessels because you don't have enough. So I want you to gather some vessels. I know you thought you didn't have anything. You had that little bit of oil. So we're going to take that little bit of oil. Anytime that we see oil in the scripture, by the way, then it's referring to the Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, this woman, she said, I don't have anything, but I got a little bit of Holy Spirit in me. That's all I got. And he was like, that's okay. All you need is a little bit of Holy Spirit. We're going to turn that into a lot of Holy Spirit so you can go out and you can revolutionize the world around you. You're like, man, I feel like I'm broken right now. Well, I got a little bit of Holy Spirit that you can take and you can multiply. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. All I need, what's that sign outside of Java Nix? All I need is a little coffee and a little Jesus, right? That's all I need. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to go into the house, and I want you to close the door. This is important because the woman, she went in, she closed the door, and she just started pouring. She just started pouring. It's not necessary to gain the approval of your neighbors for your God-given dream. Even if you go and get a vessel from them, it's not necessary for you to gain their approval. Remember, Bartimaeus, every day he was looking for their approval. He was begging, just drop something in my cup, please. Please, just drop something. Please, just say that I'm doing right. Please, just like my status. Please, just put that little heart 
That's all I want to see, a thumbs up. Can I just at least get a thumbs up? I just need affirmation. I just need approval. But it's not necessary to gain your neighbor's approval of your God-given dreams. Sometimes you just need to shut your door and start doing what God told you to do. Sometimes you just need to shut the door and say, it's all right, nobody's going to get it. It's cool, but you're going to get it soon. You're going to understand soon. I think about Samson, the story of Samson in the Bible. And Samson was tied up to these big, big pillars. And he was like, it's all right, just tie me up. He's tied up to these pillars. And then he says, God, give me strength one more time to pull these walls down. Give me strength to pull these walls down. See, they didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Yeah, sure, whatever. And he pulled the walls down. It's not necessary to gain your neighbor's approval of your God-given dream. The rubbernecks, there's going to be a lot of rubbernecks when you step out following your dream. Don't you hate it when there's a, a, an accident or somebody's pulled over or something, especially in Carlsbad because we all know everybody, and so there's somebody pulled over, traffic's backed up for like 28 miles, and it's not even in the road because everybody's looking to see whose uncle it is, Right? And then they got to slow down and then swerve over so they can put it on Facebook or Instagram, right? There's going to be a lot of rubberneckers when you start your dream. They want to see what's going on. It says, so the woman, she went into her house with her son. She closed the door. She took the small jar of oil and she poured And she poured the oil into the jar as her sons brought them to her. And when she had filled the jar, all of the jars, she asked, are there any more? Can you imagine what it was like in that house? Well, I'm not sure about this. We got about that much oil, but I guess I can pour it into another jar so that one can have that much oil. And she pours it and she just keeps pouring. She's like, oh, bro, you got to look at this. Look at this oil right here. It's coming out. Give me another jar. So he throws another jar. He poured it. The, the oil is still, dude, I swear, there was like that much in there, and it just keeps coming. And it's just coming out and coming out and coming out more and more and more. When you step out in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that he's given you for your dream, then you will be amazed at the flow of the Spirit of God that just continues to flow out of you. And you don't know where it's coming from because deep down inside you still feel a little broken. But it's coming out and the oil is just flowing out of you and the anointing of God just continues to flow and continues to flow. You're like, give me some more. Throw some more people let me grow this dream a little bit more because I wanted to go and to revolutionize this world and then she looked and she said give me another one and her son said man we don't have any more it says the oil dried up the oil dried up now this isn't a sad story because it says that she went back to Elisha and Elisha said sell the olive oil and pay your debts and there was enough money There will be enough money left over for you and your sons to live on. She accomplished what she needed to. She paid her debts and she was able to live, but very important here. The only time the oil dried up is when she was out of vessels. The only time the anointing is going to stop flowing in your life, and when I say anointing, I'm talking about the power of God that's flowing through you. 
to accomplish your dream. The only time that dries up is when you go blind. The only time is when you stop focusing on Jesus. The only time is when you say, uh, I don't have any more vessels. Because I'm convinced that if she would have had more vessels, she would have kept pouring. She would have kept pouring. Always keep that dream right in front of you. Right in front of you. Final thoughts on dreamers. Isaiah 55, verse 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found and call on his name while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. Sometimes you look and you say, man, that's all well and good, but I'm really messed up. God, I don't, I don't think, I think I'm just beyond God. He says his thoughts are higher than your thoughts and his ways are higher than your ways and he will abundantly pardon you. Goes on. He says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He says it again. He says, the Lord will have mercy on you. He says, forsake your ways. And if that wasn't good enough, he said, because my ways are way better, because my thoughts are, high, are, are, are way, way greater. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And then he says, for as the rain comes down on the earth and the snow from heaven, and it does not return there, but it waters the earth, and it brings forth and it buds that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please. From the moment that a drop of water is generated, it accomplishes the will of God. When God said, let the waters gather think about that when the Lord spoke and he commanded the water to gather it obeyed him and it continues that cycle even to today rain it falls on the earth and it begins to head immediately back to where it was the only time the water doesn't obey, it's when it's contained. Can I see your water bottle? This water is not accomplishing what God said to because it's contained. We put a lid on it and we shut it down. It's the only time that this water is not accomplishing what it's supposed to. If I took this water out and I poured it on the ground, it would begin the process to go where God told it to. When it's drink, it begins the process. I'm not going to go into that. That's gross. But it begins that process, right? The only time is when we put a lid on it. Take the lid off. I don't mean literally, but take the lid off of your life. Take the lid off of your dream. Because God has spoken. And that word will not return void. Maybe it seems like a long time. Maybe it seems like there's no way. There are things that God spoke to me 
when I was a teenager that haven't happened yet. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not getting younger. Last Monday, I went to play golf, and I bent over to put golf balls in my golf bag. I couldn't stand back up. Ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm like, God, I am fat and old. Stupid. I appreciate that amen. Thank you. Albert stays quiet the whole service. I say, I'm fat and old. Amen, brother. Preach. I can get behind that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. After service, he's going to go shake my hand. Man, I really, I really appreciated that part where you said you were fat and old. Your dream will become a reality. There's obedience in the steps towards your dream. You just got to step out and do it. Part of that is what we have coming up with Mad Love Week. What dream has he placed in your life? What can you step out and do? Something. Don't diminish it. Well, God, I don't have very much. All I have is, all I have is this. I don't have very much. All I can do is this. Start. If the woman would have said, well, my little bit of oil isn't good enough for anything, then her sons would have been taken away, and she would have never paid that debt. But she said, all right, I've got a little bit of oil. I'm going to use it. That's all I got. I'm going to use it. I don't have much time. I don't have much money. I don't have much whatever. But you got a little bit. What can you do? Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of things for me. First of all, if you would subscribe to our podcast, rate it and review it, that would help us so much. And if you want to invest in Word of Life Church, you can do so by texting the numbers 84321 and searching Word of Life Church to get started. Or you can simply give from our app that you can download on the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store. Just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Thank you so much once again, and remember that God is madly in love with you. Thank you.